Good evening. Um, I would like to welcome you to our final series in School Options 2021. Uh, my name is Sarah Griffith. I am a special education teacher at Skyline High School. And tonight I have joining me Dr. Chris Ballinger, the newly appointed superintendent of Warren County Public Schools. Thank you, Sarah. Nice to be here. Thank you for coming tonight. Um, first, really quickly, could you um, summarize for us the two return to school options? Okay, so we have the two options. We have a hybrid option and a virtual option. And within those, there, there's really when you look at the hybrid option, you have the blended and, and you hear the flipped classroom. Those are two educational terms that probably a lot of people are not familiar with. But the blended is basically where you have students in class in person, students online, and that teacher is responsible for both students in the classroom and students online. The flipped classroom, again, is, is you still kind of have that same option with the, with the blended, but it's more student-led. Teacher is still interacting. The teacher still provides the direct instruction on every day, five days a week. They'll still provide a, a, uh, a connection, whether it be through, it'll probably be, well, it'll be through Google Meet. But, you know, the student is able to kind of to pace themselves a little quicker if they want to. And then, of course, the, uh, the virtual piece is parents that want to utilize our resources. And we all know that public school systems t will have a lot of resources, and we are educational experts. And parents can actually use our resources and our expertise to provide a virtual learning experience for their children at home. Okay, that sounds really good. Um, so to find out information about these two models, uh, I believe principals sent out surveys to families. Yes, and we're releasing it. It, it is listed on our website under the parent tab. Uh, so our whole reopening and instructional plan is listed there. Um, and then of course, school site principals will be releasing additional information. I know last week, Friday, our elementary schools were sent out a survey to parents whether they wanted the the in-person or the virtual option. And so we, we will be receiving those those survey results. And then I know we were pushing out this today or tomorrow from our middle and high school, sending that survey out to uh, find out from parents which option that they would prefer so that we can start planning and deciding if, you know, how many students we'll actually have in the building, how many students we will have online, and how to, um, adjust with our staffing. Okay, great. Um, and the schools will then reach out to the parents to provide training for parents, uh, depending on which model they choose? Yes, and you know, with, with each model, we, we will be using the LMS or the Chromebook um, to deliver the, the content directed by the teacher. But um, yes, they will be be reaching out to contact those parents to find out which which option they want and how best to meet the needs of the parent and the student. Okay, I think you answered part of our next question, which was um, how do you plan to ensure equity for those without internet and parental support? Okay. Um, you know, equity is always a big piece and we wanted to make sure that we have our equitable solutions in place. And so when you look at equity, uh, that's not just with internet, that's also your students with the, in special education and your English language learners and, and other 
other populations that need special services. So we want to make sure that looking at those those populations that we provide services that meet the needs of those students. And so, you know, with our special education population, we're going to look and and the IEP team will meet and discuss with those those families and do an evaluation. And it may be to where, you know, if you're a middle school student with an IEP that, you know, it's recommended that you come in three days a week. And so then we would try to make that accommodation to make sure that instead of that student getting one day, we will try to bring that student in three days a week to, to meet the needs of that student and the IEP. And the same way with our English language learners and then, you know, our families that that may lack the internet connections at home or, you know, even though we did a survey, we found out that 5% of our student body did not have, did not have internet, but then we also found out that those that had internet, 12% of those that did, did not have the bandwidth to really have the video in place. And so we will need each, you know, each site will be looking at, at what would be a solution for those students. You know, the, the good thing about that is one, we could bring them in on more days if, if that is what we need to do. Um, we're also working on providing uh, community hotspots, you know, whether it be in Browntown or Bentonville, you know, maybe there's a spot for, for students to be able to drive to, to where they can hit a Wi-Fi and, and upload and download. Uh, we are also looking at um, utilizing cell hotspots. And so we would provide a, you know, the hotspot through our cell service to those areas that maybe have cellular service. Now, I know sometimes you get in these mountain areas and you don't have cell service and you do not have internet. And so, um, you know, really, so so one, you would be, have to be able to have cell service in order to use the hotspot, but we're looking at that as a solution as well. And um, and then again, working with the county, I know the county's trying to put a solution together to try to get a wireless solution for, for our area. And I know they've been working on this for, for some time just to provide that extra boost. And so there's a lot of different things that we can look at to provide. And then of course, also with, with the Chromebooks, you can download almost a week's worth of content to the Chromebook. And so that student can come into school on Monday, download a week's worth of content, and then they go home and they work on everything. And then when they come back to school or wherever they go hit a hotspot or Wi-Fi connection, then it'll upload it and and submit it so so there are a lot of different solutions that that we're looking at and just whatever would serve our community best that our students that's what we're going to try to do i think that sounds good and i think a lot of families may not be aware of those type of programs um, so that'll be good when you guys do parent training um, now i have some questions that were submitted by um, some members from our community um, the first one is, why are students and staff at the secondary level required to wear masks while elementary students and staff are only encouraged to? Well, and when you look at the, the element, or the, the, let's start with the middle school first. You know, your, your sixth through 12th graders right now are coming in one day a week. And so, you know, we know that, that they may be out in the community doing various things that, that when they come in for that one day, you, you don't have that good, or you don't have the ability to kind of track. With your elementary, by bringing them in four days a week, you have some consistency seeing them on a daily basis. And, and with the elementary versus the middle school, 
you know, we're putting them kind of in their own little bubble. And so with the limitations that we have, as far as with, with social distancing and, and students being six feet apart, so some of our, our elementary classrooms, well, all of our classrooms will be six feet apart, but you may have some classrooms that you only have eight students in and other classrooms where you may be able, be able to fit 12 just because of the distance where usually in those classrooms you might have had 20 in there. And, and instead of the students rotating, we're gonna have our teachers rotating in. And so the, really we're keeping those students isolated more. You know, when you get to your high school, the way those schedules are set up, you cannot, you know, if I'm taking algebra and you're taking biology, but then, the, you know, the next, the next period we both have history. So you cannot at the high school level really set your students up in a bubble. You know, they're, they're more free flowing and but we, we do have some mitigation strategies to help to keep that. But that's really one of the things. And, and we as adults, it's tough for us to wear a face covering all the time. And, you know, I go back to my little nephew who, who just visited me about two weeks ago. And he's in kindergarten. And, and he was good about asking for that face covering. And he would walk in the store and put it on. But within three seconds, he had that thing off and he was twirling it around on his finger and he would drop it on the floor and he would pick it up and his dad would remind him, put that back on and he'd put it on. And then, you know, another five seconds later, it's, it's down below his chin and he's just chatting away and having a And so we know it's going to be difficult for some of those. And, and, and really what we're concerned about is of course, the COVID slide. You know, that's six months of instruction that has been lost. And, you know, typically you have the summer slide and we're all familiar with the summer slide. And now you add another three months to that. And so really we need to make sure that we're able to, one, yes, safety is a priority, but we're able to manage and mitigate differently at the elementary level than we can at the middle and high school levels. That makes sense. Um, let's go ahead and get all of these um, safety and health questions out of the way in one big swoop. Okay. Um, will schools be deep cleaned on the weekends in addition to Wednesdays when you're closed? Yes, our goal is to, to deep clean twice per week, uh, just because we know with, with different populations coming in. Okay, um, the other question related to health is, says, is Warren County Public Schools mandating testing for students and staff if they fail daily health screenings? Um, and, you know, we cannot mandate as we've always, you know, it's always been policy that if you're running a fever, stay home. Uh, you know, wait 24 hours after your, your fever has, is gone. And that's, that's just something we still have to continue. And, and just as in, in normal practices, we, we can recommend that they go see their physician, but it's not something that we can, we can mandate. So, and, and I think the, the newest guidelines from, from the CDC and Virginia Department of Health is that after 24 hours, even if you're, you test positive for COVID, it runs its course, after your fever is gone 24 hours and you can return. And so that is no different than the flu or any other illness that, that we experience in the school system. And so um, as long as they, they follow those guidelines, then you know, it, it would fall up on the parent. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, let's see, we have two more questions. Um, do you have enough staff returning to safely reopen schools? Yes, and we're, we're going through that on a daily basis, but, but we've, we have enough staff to bring in and, and have in-person instruction. So we, we feel pretty confident about that. Okay, and uh, another question we have says, to please clarify how attendance will be counted by time online or task completion. Okay, um, and that that is, you know, one, when you look at time or physical presence, um, you know, there, there's, there's those two categories that we have to follow. And so, you know, of course you have the old premise that, yes, if I'm in my, my teacher's Google Meet that day, I'm present. Uh, the same thing as if I'm seated in my seat at, in the classroom that day, I'm present. Uh, but when you look at the virtual world, just because they're not active that day with you doesn't mean that they're not working on it. You know, the, the virtual world allows for students to to break out of that eight to three schedule. And it may be that me as, I would might prefer to work from six to nine at night instead of from eight, eight to 12. And so as long as those tasks are being completed, uh, maybe submissions on a daily basis or responding to an email, uh, that there's a lot of things that we can do to, to make meaningful contact with, with our students. And that's really the definition that we look at meaningful contact and so it could also be that with with students that on Monday I'm in contact with my math teacher on Tuesday I'm in contact with my my English teacher Wednesday my my science and and maybe Thursday I, I spoke with my guidance counselor but you know so there's going to be a checklist that we're going to have to follow and, and staff are going to have to work together collaboratively to look at Yes, you know, we, we noticed that, that Chris was online today, and so he was present. And that's really the guidance that we're receiving from the Virginia Department of Education at this point in time. And so we, we, don't, we want it to be flexible enough to meet student and family needs. So we will continue to work through that. But it is listed on our um, reopening and instruction plan on our website under the parent tab. And I, if they scroll down towards the bottom of that, there, there is a piece that, that discusses the grading. Okay, great. I think that will put a lot of parents in the community at ease, the, the flexibility of that option. Um, I know personally in my class, when we closed, uh, my best attendance was one o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's when I could find everybody. Um, do we have any questions from our audience? question or maybe a suggestion or whatever. Um, I spent a lot of years working in the, in the laboratory with um, my, my specialty really is virology and microbiology. And one of the things we used to do, we, we would clean the surfaces and everything at the end of each day. But we also, at the end of the day, would flip on our ultraviolet light, which would then disinfect the entire lab overnight, um, except when people were in there, because ultraviolet light's not really healthy to be on while the person's present. I didn't know whether the schools had looked into the possibility of something like that for assisting with getting rid of viruses, bacteria, anything else that might be harmful um, by installing some ultraviolet lighting in, in the building. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you since I've been here, we have not had that discuss, discussion, but I'm sure that they have looked at that. But again, everything is cost, 
you know, it, it comes down to cost. And, and when you look at some of our buildings, the, the space that we would have to do that um, would, would probably be a little too much to, than we could bear at this point in time. But we, we do have our mitigation strategies as far as cleaning. Um, you know, our, our janitorial service will be providing cleaning wipes for each classroom and you know it's we, we're, we're going to as educators we're going to teach good hygiene and and so you know if, if I'm going to teach that you know if I use this I need to clean it off because somebody else may be coming behind me to, to use it and so I need to you know do my part to protect the next person and so as we we continue to teach those strategies you know we hope that 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 can go out into the community but you know, one of the things that we've also looked at to help with with mitigation and with air quality is, you know, adjusting to our systems to bring in more outside air, uh, more fresh air. And so to recirculate some of that, that air in the classroom, push it out, bringing in new air from or fresh air from the outside. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking at all possible solutions. And again, it just comes down to you know, is it something that, that we can afford and and really put it in place before August 27th? Um, I have a question. You addressed the, the situation with a child with an IEP, mm -hmm. um, but what about if my child doesn't have an IEP, but my child is, at age 13 is not an independent learner, um, I have to work. I can't be in the home. My husband can't be in the home. And so now we have a situation where we have a 13-year-old who's going to choose not to necessarily do their work or may have questions and then doesn't know who or where to get answers or doesn't pursue them. Mm -hmm. So do you have recommendations? I mean, I know that is that I'm the parent and so I'm ultimately responsible, but do you have recommendations for parents mm -hmm. or ways to partner with parents to help yes. with those kind of situations? Well, and in our virtual model, you know, the parent is viewed as the educational facilitator. If you are teaching your child virtually at home, you are the facilitator. We are giving the content. So you're just helping us to help as far as making sure that they are on, on task and whatever. But yes, the, the role of a teacher, and, and I've had my listen and learn events at, at every site, and my message has been constant that the role of the teacher is no longer just a classroom teacher. You are now a virtual teacher as well. The role of the principal is no longer just a site principal. You are a virtual principal as well. And so I think that through this model, it's going to actually strengthen and enhance communication between teachers and parents because when you have those students that that are are falling behind then you know we there will be more communication because we do not want that to happen and so as we work through that and then with the learning management system so for instance in your example 13 year old um, you know that may be an eighth grade that may be a freshman they'll be probably using our virtual Virginia um, Canvas solution that we're a part of now. And again, with that, it, it, 
it gives timestamps for time on task. It'll actually show how much of a video that students watched. You know, if the video is 10 minutes long, but they only watched the first three minutes, it'll tell us that, hey, they only watched the first three minutes of this. Then we can reach out with communications. And, and through those timestamps and those time logs, you know, we, we are discussing now, you know, is there a way that we can each week send a copy of those logs home to parents if they cannot see them when they're online? And so if, if you're logging in to your child's site, but you cannot see the time logs, but we can, then we need to share that with you. That's just another way to communicate to make sure that everybody's on task and, and staying up to date and doing the best that they can. I, I also like to add, since I was teaching during the shutdown, that um, I teach high schoolers, so obviously they're not up early in the morning if they don't have to be. Um, I am very open as a teacher to answering parent emails or phone calls in the evenings. Um, obviously not every day, but most days. Um, and also just setting up independent uh, video meets. Like if you're having a problem with your algebra, me and you will make a meeting the next morning at 10 a.m. We'll get online together with the camera and we'll figure it out. So we spend a lot of time doing that and I'm, I'm sure lots of other teachers will do that as well. And, and we also plan on, uh, you know, our teachers looking at offering office hours in the evenings, three nights a week, to where they will be available to those parents and then that will help with them coming in uh, on on Wednesday for four hours and then, then leaving at noon so that we can deep clean all of our buildings because we'd like to go ahead and get our staff out. So they'll they'll do those three office hours in the evening because as as she said, that's that's when most parents will contact and and want some information. Then also we um, with our technology department, we're going to have a help desk that will help with maybe some technology questions. So we're trying to do as much as we can to provide solutions for parents to be as proactive throughout this this new endeavor. You were talking earlier about um, being able to download a week's work work on the Chromebooks. Um, of course, it would be internet. Are you, um, I was just thinking while you were talking about what if there was some kind of sign businesses could put in their window that says something like download, uh, drive up download for Warren County Public School and they get close enough to the building. Like we could, I could put an extender on our system here that would throw Wi-Fi out you know, I think that'd be a good solution and a great partnership if there'd be a way for, for the Warren County Public Schools and, and businesses within the community that would like to offer that. I know we have some places, you know, and that's your typical that offer the free Wi-Fi. Uh, there's on our website under the virtual learning, uh, we have some businesses listed, but, you know, that's for instance like your typically... I think I know Starbucks has the free Wi-Fi, and I think McDonald's, and, and some of those other places that have the free Wi-Fi. Yes, and, but but if there's other businesses that's not that are not listed on that, I mean, I would love to to get a partnership to offer because it's going to take the community yeah. to 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 get us through this. It's people. I mean, people wouldn't have to necessarily come into the building. Maybe yes. Up, yes, sir. Drive up down the you know.
would be open, probably. Yeah, you could use your guest, your open guest yeah. module. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I plan on doing that here um, next week and getting an extender. We have a pretty good internet connection here, so. Oh, that'd be great. I will get with my technology department, and we will we'll see about making those connections and, and definitely get in touch. Yeah, I can help with all. My, my, my day job is I work for an IT company in Massachusetts. Um, I work directly in IT with infrastructure and technology, so that's that's, okay. a, that's something fun for me to do. So if I could be of an assistance, or if we need equipment, I might even be able to get our company to, to donate some. I'm just thinking outside the box mm -hmm. here. So. Oh, that'd be great. Yes, thank you. And I'm a networker, so I'm happy to go and solicit businesses with right. John's assistance, knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that also leads me to another question, and that is how else can the community, businesses, churches, whatever, people, um, senior citizens who aren't working, whatever, how can we help? Well, and I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, there, you know, instances like that with with the connectivity, that that's going to be one. But um, I, you know, we we've had meetings with parents and with churches to with the ministerial group to to discuss various things as far as maybe using space. I know one of the main issues that that parents are going to be facing will be childcare, mm -hmm. and we understand that. And you know we're still going to have our partners that we've partnered with in the past providing childcare services after school, but you know it may may be that that other entities or, or business partners want to help by stepping up to maybe provide some of those services as well. But I, I mean that that that's going to be one of the biggest issues will be the childcare. Uh, some of your your daycare centers. You know they have to follow that the social distancing well as well so typically and so what's happening some parents are you know they're having to reduce the number of children they're accepting because of limitations on space and so it may be that they need space to provide additional child care to, to families and the question that came up as, as you were talking for me was um, we, we as I've used computers a lot in my job, and now that I'm retired, I use them a lot at home. And it seems like all too frequently we end up with virus problems and other difficulties with the computer where it doesn't work as intended. Now, I understand kids are experts. They can fix problems far faster than us older folks can. But I'm um, wondering if you've had any discussions about what's going to happen if, if, God forbid, somebody should just try to crash your system viruses or with um, malware with mm -hmm. um, um, ransomware whatever else that's out there that is always you know something that we try to protect against but the 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 good thing about the Chromebook is you know there's really no hard drive space it's it's just a and and all of our services through through our learning management systems whether it's seesaw schoology or canvas they're all web-based and so there's really nothing that to be hacked as far as or doing a malware you know now when it comes to our servers and various things like that our hardware in within our facilities then yes those could be corrupted and uh, but you know we have a lot of different 
firewalls put in place and and I know we also have software that monitors you know websites for, for students so it's a student monitoring system to where if they're going to websites that maybe it'll block them you know we have we have certain sites that are automatically blocked no matter what and if they try to go there they're going to get a sorry site cannot be reached or it may send a report to to a school yeah to an administrator so um so you know those those things are in place to try to keep that from happening as well but that's that's really the good thing about the chromebooks because of the limited hard drive space and that it's just really the processor to to get online and to download and upload everything Okay, well, it looks like we're going to wrap things up. I'd like to thank you for coming out and doing this podcast with us and our audience for the community to kind of get to know you and answer some questions. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, and I really enjoyed it. So anytime, I'd love to do it again. Great. Thank you.